Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hello and welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. Mm. We're back with another episode. I am Hemahimuli Jr. And joining me is the other host of Sports Beat After Hours, the local lovable Canuck himself, Zach Hicken. Hema, as always, I'm just so glad to see you back in the studio, <laughs> your smiling face. In all this time of uncertainty, there's one thing that I can count on, and it's this podcast. The podcast and the jazz losing a bunch of games. <laughs> the podcast and the jazz sucking in the NBA bubble. Man, Ugh. what an interesting week. Just everything that's going on, man. I mean, we have, you know, with with the jazz not playing well. They went 1-3 and three this last week. Oddly, you know, I'm slightly more optimistic than I expected than I should be, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought they had some pretty good showings against the Lakers. Thought they had a good showing against the Nuggets, um, and then they didn't even play any of their starters against the Spurs, you know. So yeah, um, yeah, I think we learned a lot, but we'll get to that later in our second segment. We're actually going to be starting with some more pressing information. Mm-hmm. College football season is in jeopardy. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, there's reports from Sports Illustrated, ESPN, uh, multiple outlets saying that. Uh, you know what? There's potential that the college football season is not going to happen this year. The P5 is looking at pulling the plug. Um, over, I'm using air quotes, coronavirus <laughs> concerns. Right. I think they're concerned about something else, Emma. Yes. There's a movement that started in the last week. The We Are United started with the Pac-12, the Pac-12 United um, movement. Uh, players looking for representation when it comes to their health their finances, their mm-hmm. mental health, their well-being. They want to make sure that they're taken care of, that those who opt out still have their scholarships honored. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went over this last week. If you aren't familiar with it, go check it out, our last episode. We went over the demands that this Pac-12 United group um, had, and you know several other conferences have come forward with similar demands. They want testing for players. They want guaranteed scholarships. They want health insurance. They want... Um, protections that they currently aren't afforded as amateurs. And frankly, with the the revenue that they provide for schools, they probably should be compensated a little bit. Oh, definitely should be compensated. A lot of it. Um, The the game's changed, right? I mean, the NCAA knew what they had at the beginning, and it was just a matter of time before the players and everyone else realized, oh, wait, we're getting... We're getting screwed. The NCAA is a multi-million dollar industry, and it's a it's a professional league built on the backs of quote unquote amateurs, right? Like you said before, yeah. And it, the fact that like guys like Trevor Lawrence can't make a dime off of his own image 
Dude's like one of the most unique looking guys in college football right now. It's <laughs> right? an interesting way to put it. It's a but, kind way to put it. Yeah. But also, you know, that's it's he's talented. He's the face of Clemson football. He's very recognizable. Yeah. I exactly. mean, he's the front runner for the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a well-known commodity. He's a superstar. He's been a superstar for two years. He's won a national championship. Mm-hmm. He's a runner up in a national championship game. Like. And guess what? He still has to play another year of college before he can start to profit off of what he's done on the gridiron already. He's proven himself. Mm -hmm. Like, even if he never plays another down of college football, he will live in the lore of Clemson history forever. And he'll he'll forever be remembered um, in college football as a whole, even if he never plays another down. I mean, and the fact that, you know, they can't make a dime, but also if... They get injured, like their scholarships aren't guaranteed. Yeah, their they, even their eligibility is not guaranteed. And we looked mm-hmm. at we, we saw that with like BYU and uh, like the players that have gotten injured that weren't able to, or or players that um weren't able to. They they lost the eligible, like Tyson Williams, for example. Yeah, yeah. He, he could should have gotten a year back, but right, he didn't. Nothing's guaranteed, and that's the problem. Like. When it comes to athletes' health, they just want some guarantees. Mm-hmm. And like you said, um, I think the MCAA is realizing that, oh, wait, our players are starting to like stick up for themselves. And so I think like you're right. They're, the NCAA is probably going to scrap the season because of that. No, they're, they're legitimately worried about unionization. They're worried about this player movement. They're worried about the power that the players have. Guess what? This move, if they decide to cancel the season, that's a win for the players, in my opinion, because Mm. they say they're too scared to meet our demands. We've outgrown college football. We can move on to something else. Yes. Now, if they give in to the demands, obviously the players um, still win. Like It's a win-win for the players either way. Right. Um, Whether the season's played or not. Because if the season's played, that means that their demands for the most part are met. I don't think they're going to get the 50% revenue split. In right. fact, most of these other conferences haven't even asked for it. It was only the Pac-12. But I think there should be guarantees. Like if they're going out and they're risking and they're tra- like they're risking their health, they're traveling, um, they're making money for th- for the schools still. Yeah, they should get some guarantees back, mm-hmm. even if it's not financial. You know, guarantee their scholarships for six years. We talked about it last year. Get them. Into grad school, you know, Mm -hmm. give them an opportunity to get an advanced degree. I mean, they are giving a lot to the program. Let them profit off of their um, name, image, and likeness. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not paying them directly. But, you know, if Larry H. Miller Chevrolet wants to go and sponsor Zach Wilson and say that he's the, the, I don't know, whatever promotion that they want to come up (laughs) with, the Chevy player of the year or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, If they want to promote the new. If they do it. The, the new uh, thumb function on the steering wheel of some brand new car. Yeah, <laughs> of, uh, Zach Wilson did. Yeah. you're right though. Like the, in the court of public opinion, the NCAA looks bad either way. Right? Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, so to tie this into pop culture, I've been watching um, Superstore. Oh yeah, an NBC show. You can watch it on KSL Five this fall. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been watching Superstore, and one of the plot points. Spoiler. In case anyone's wondering if you haven't watched it yet, spoiler alert, uh, 
part of the plot point that goes over several seasons is the unionization of these employees in the store. Mm-hmm. Basically like a Walmart, um, any superstore. It's very much based off of Walmart, though. Yeah. Colors are the same. Yeah. 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 Um, but like anytime that anything happens with any time that unionization gets mentioned, they start to pull the plug. They bring in um, other workers. They right. sell the company at one point. Like. Yeah, it's and I feel like that's kind of the same thing with the NCAA that they don't want to give the ones who are making the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, they don't want to give the the employees, for lack of a better term, that are bringing in all the profit that are actually that are actually valued. They don't want to pay them, um, but instead, you know, Mark Emmert's making money. You know, Larry Scott's making money. The yeah. coaches are making money. I mean, we we're just talking before we came up to the studio, how is it that a guy like Nick Saban or Dabo Swinney, you know, for all they've accomplished, how are they still higher paid than an NFL coach? You know, oh, the majority yeah. of NFL coaches, I think the only ones that even come close that we're aware of is like John Gruden. Like, right. and he just had a crazy, crazy contract, you yeah. know? And like, you look at guys like John Harbaugh, like he left, I mean, sorry, Jim Harbaugh. Jim, yeah. Jim Harbaugh left the NFL. Mm-hmm. Because the money was better in college. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. So how are these athletes not seeing a dime of it? Like, it just doesn't yes. make sense to me. How are, you know, college facilities nicer than NFL facilities? Oh, dude. LSU's locker room is so nice. Yeah. Like, they're all way nicer than what anyone in the NFL has. And it's because, you know, I feel like with all the profits that the NCAA is getting, you know, they are investing it back in the programs. But I think there's a lot of overspending. Oh, so this absolutely. brings me to something I'm actually kind of interested in. If there's not a college football season played this year, like how how many foreclosures are there going to be on locker rooms, yeah. training facilities, stadiums that have overexpanded and renovated and all this stuff, and they still owe payments to the bank? You know, they don't have it paid off. They right. don't have it paid in full. You know, are we going to potentially see, you know, Bryant Denny Stadium? A right. foreclosure on it because they can't. They mortgaged all this. They got a mortgage on their expansion. They can't make the payments. You That's know? true. And it's like you know. I think. I mean. I just think off the top of my head. Like the only schools that would probably be safe are ones that have like private donors that can bankroll them. Right. Yeah. Like Oregon or Stanford. Well, or, you look at like Clemson and Wisconsin. They've asked their donors to not pull back donations, right. and they've said, in fact, can you please donate more like we are in financial trouble yeah these are two like college football blue bloods that are constantly 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 in new year six bowls they're at the top of their leagues um you know competing to uh uh to play in the college football playoff and they're still needing money it's just because Mm -hmm. they have managed their financials so poorly so poorly you know like again if this college football season isn't played how many teams or how many universities are going to need bailouts because you know what? of this? You know what might even be better, like drama-wise? These schools would be in such such financial trouble that they might need government help to look at their financials and yeah. like figure out how what happened to all the money. Yeah, exactly, a might, bailout. And that might – well, the thing is it might bring out a lot of – skeletons in the closet for a lot of programs excess waste yeah Yeah. excess waste but like even like people dropping money at like players homes yeah you know like i guarantee that that stuff will happen if you go for a bailout or any some if some kind of fiscal like an audit solution yeah yeah so um yeah that'd be really interesting to see actually yeah so we'll we'll uh 
stay posted. Um, you know, we'll keep you guys up to date on the situation. Of course, you can check out kslsports.com for all of that information. Um, but we're going to take a quick break on the other side. We're going to talk about someone else who, uh, well, another group that appears to be in trouble, but I'm a little bit optimistic. <laughs> I'm not quite down on them yet. The Utah Jazz, um, they wrap up their last week of bubble play this week uh, before they enter the playoffs. Um, things are looking grim, but you know I don't think it's as bad as we uh, as it appears. So we'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than eighty thousand Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to the KSL Sports Beat After Hours podcast. Thank you to everyone who supports our sponsors who listens to this podcast. Do us a favor, go out, rate, review, subscribe to this podcast, share it with a friend. Mm. You know what? Post about it on social media if you can. We're trying to grow this out. We got plenty of exciting things coming up. We have NFL coming up. Um, we have a high school football season starts this yes. week. We also have starting later this week the NBA playoffs and your own Utah Jazz, our Utah Jazz. They're getting ready to prepare for it. And uh, you know they've lost three or four this week. Things are looking kind of bleak. But I'm optimistic, Hammond. Let me tell you why. Why? The Jazz have started to gel in the bubble. Mm. You know, they didn't look good against the Pelicans. The ball was sticking a little bit. They still got a win. But, you know, the Pelicans have turned out to kind of be a little bit of a fraud down in the bubble. <laughs> they were actually eliminated from the playoff, eliminated from the playoffs earlier today. But, you know, the Jazz also lost to the Thunder, um, lost to the Lakers. Uh, and But, you know, I think that things are starting to kind of get figured out a little bit. We saw that Lakers game, a lot of really, really good possessions where they're able to move the ball, um, and frankly, they were just outmatched. You know, right. you expect that when you don't have a player like Bowie on your second leading scorer available. But you know what? Mike Conley starting to figure out his role. Joe Ingles is starting to get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, we're starting to see some contributions from the bench a little bit. I think the the biggest thing also is, like you said, they're gelling, but also. The young guns got to see a lot of playing time. And that's yeah. that's the thing, folks, that gives me and Zach a lot of hope for the Jazz future. Guys like Gerald Brantley, like, he looked really good. Mieoni, he looked really good. Yeah. And those are just the beginning. Like um, Ray John Tucker, Juwan yeah. Howard. I mean, obviously, uh, or sorry, Juwan Morgan. Juwan, um, I don't think he's going to be available for a while with that He's a little injury, banged but, up, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Gerald Brantley and Mieoni potentially fit in really well as nice bench bench pieces for the jazz yeah and uh so they they 
a couple games, the Jazz rested their starters and the bench, uh, young that guys. That game against the Spurs, yeah. They got to get a lot of playing time, and that was nice because they, they took to the court. They looked really good, and obviously they have experience gelling because basically all the young guns are like the starting five for the stars. Yeah. But um, it's it's nice to see that there is hope for such a horrible bench that like in the future we know that our bench players are going to be a lot better. There's realistically like one player who's a legit NBA rotation player on most playoff teams Mm -hmm. is Jordan Clarkson. Right. And he really, really has bailed the Jazz out a whole lot this year in several situations. I mean, we had that game against the Nuggets uh, that we saw where um, he basically single-handedly pulled them back into that game. Mm -hmm. Um, This was obviously before the hiatus and everything. This is before pre-bubble. Right, pre-bubble. Pre-bubble in this season. But, um, yeah, you know, I'm optimistic. I liked what I saw from those young guns in that Spurs game. Mm-hmm. Um, really good minutes. They showed that they have some fight, that they can compete at this highest level, the NBA level. Um, you know, I, I'm optimistic after that Lakers game, you know, that they could potentially hang with, you know, some of the top teams in the West. And then even that game against the Nuggets, you know, Finding ways when all seems lost, you know. There's yeah. 10 seconds left. Joe Ingles forces a turnover. Donovan Mitchell makes one of the biggest shots of his career mm-hmm. and then takes advantage of a huge lapse in the defense. And this was coming after he had several very poor possessions. Very poor decisions. Yeah, yeah. very poor decisions. Like he had 20 seconds, you know, with like a minute left. He took 20 seconds to dribble the ball and then has a bad layup. He misses a bunny right at the rim, you know. Mm-hmm. And then... He kept the Jazz in it when they when he really needed to, and you know what? That's important for a young guy like Donovan. You know, I know he's an All Star. I know that yeah. he's led the Jazz in scoring for the last three seasons. That he led the Jazz in a playoff series win over the Thunder, but he's still learning. He's still so young. Yeah, you know, he's only what twenty three years old. Yeah, he still has a lot to learn, and those experiences like that are going to help him a whole lot. And you know, the Jazz lose Rudy. Um, in that game in overtime to mm-hmm. foul trouble, he, he fouls out. If they have him for a whole game, you know, I'm optimistic that Quinn Snyder and this Jazz coaching staff could potentially figure out the Nuggets and make things work out. Yeah. So that's all the good points that we we were able to glean from this bubble play. Yeah. But I think the biggest negative that we took from the bubble play is that the Jazz aren't going to win a ship this year. Yeah. They are just not as good as the top West players. For all the excitement that we had in this offseason, for all the acquisitions, you look at them, and, you know, <laughs> Ed Davis hasn't worked out. Right. He's not even playing that much. He only played 12 minutes in that game against the Spurs where four starters sat. Mm-hmm. Mike Conley took some time. I think Mike Conley's kind of figured out his game a little bit. Yeah. I think Mike Conley um, could potentially, you know, be a key contributor next year for the Jazz if he decides to pick up his player option. He's going to get paid $32 million. He's going to pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> Bojan has been a revelation, you know, yes. especially there was some frustration on my end with him, with his finishing at the rim. But, you know, after Pre-surgery. finding out that he had yeah. an, a wrist injury, that makes a little bit more sense. Right. Um, Jeff Green, huge disappointment. You yeah. know, they ended up moving on from him. Um, and as of late, George Yang's kind of a big disappointment. Yeah. He uh, just... I mean, he had that stretch for a while where Minivan looked really good. Like, Minivan right. was getting going, and he was making multiple threes a game, kind of filling up that Kyle Korver role. But, yeah. you know, it's just not there anymore. It's not there, and the defense isn't there. So what is he here for? Yeah. That's the thing. And that's why it's so disappointing. And that's why we think the the bench is so garbage right now. 
It's because they can't produce like they had pre-bubble. Right. So uh, – And part of that too, you know, obviously with Bojan being out, they've had to move Joe Ingles, change his role mm-hmm. a little bit. And I think that he's had some adjustment – to that role and you know he's starting to figure it out a little bit too he's shooting very well Mm -hmm. these last three or four games um but it took him some time to get going and the thing with joe is he's very adaptable and he can play a myriad of roles you know he can be your primary ball handler um he can play with the starting unit he could play with the second unit um he could be a spark off the bench he could you know he could uh he could start a game Mm -hmm. um but I think it takes him time to acclimate to those roles. Yeah. He can do any of them, but like it's not like snap and he's able to do it immediately, if right. that makes sense. Like, no, absolutely. He kind of has to find his footing a little bit before he's able to do it. Yeah, I agree. I think he's. I think that's just the thing with age. Like, yeah. he's for all the good things that being a vet brings to the table, like one of the things that it does not is it takes a while for you to um, warm up in a role from right from game to game right yeah for sure um but yeah so yeah sad news jazz fans we're not winning a ship this year but yeah you know barring some sort of miracle some miracle. <laughs> <laughs> but i think that there's things that they can build on um i think that they're going to make some big moves this offseason and yeah you know what i i think that there's i think the jazz are potentially jockeying for positioning in the uh Western Conference standings. Mm. They're going to try and get that Nuggets matchup because it's their best matchup that they have. Yeah. Um, they've played the Nuggets. I mean, they were swept by the Nuggets this year, but they've all been very close games. Mm-hmm. Um, the Thunder aren't a good matchup. Rockets aren't a good matchup. Um, so they're trying to get the best matchup that they can yeah. in the playoffs. And so we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, they start later this week. Also starting later this week. High school football season mm-hmm. kicks off on Thursday. First high school football season in the entire country to begin is taking place here in Utah. Davis and Harriman, Hema, you're planning on going down to that game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be great. I can't wait. I can't wait. Man, like high school football is like my favorite time of year. So I, it's probably my thing I love covering more than anything else just because, you know, you cover these kids for so long and. Um, like several of these kids, you know, you cover for two, three, even four years in some cases. Some sure. kids just, you know, have a breakout year, their senior year, and it's a great story, you yeah. know. And then you develop these relationships with kids. And if they go on to play college, you know, you have that. Hey, remember me sure. when I was covering you when you were a sophomore at Lone Peak yeah. High School, you know, stuff like that. That's that's what's cool about this state is like the vast majority of the athletes, like top level athletes in the state tend to stay here like, yeah a lot and, of and we're stay. seeing a few kids go out of state and you know what? Yeah. they're actually producing really well you look at like penny sewell um apuica simi fehoko simi fehoko yeah all your like Stanford all those guys boys. Yeah. yeah they're they're all doing great and it is fun to watch it's great to see that yeah, j2 failure sure. at usc it's pretty yes. cool to see guys perform at the highest level that you know you covered here in the state so um just for those of you to make you aware make sure you guys watch ksl5 tv Mm. friday and saturday friday at 10 we'll have highlights from all the action that night um and then our recap show is going to take place at nine o'clock this saturday uh we're being pushed by nhl playoffs oh yes Um, so check out the uh nhl playoffs on nbc then followed up with uh some game night live we'll have all the best action you guys aren't gonna be able to be there they're yeah. limiting attendance. So if you want to see the highlights, if you want some football, if you want a dose of football, check it out on KSL5 TV. Also, kslsports.com will have all the info. All our highlights are going to be posted there. Um, so check it out. Yeah, it'll be sweet. 
Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, do you want to make some quick room for some dad advice? Do you have any dad advice this week, Emma? Um, I don't really have any right now. Okay. At least not off the top of my head. Cause okay. I'm so tired. <laughs> I got a quick one. Um, so I think, I mean, I mentioned how I'm at this stage with my son. Uh, he's about 20 months old now. Um, and maybe he's 21. He's 21 months actually. Sorry. Okay. He lose track after 18. Like That's I was true. actually talking to a, um, a neighbor and she was like, remind me how old your son is. And I said, Oh, I think he's like 18 months. And she goes, Oh, so he was born in like January. And I was like, no, he was born in November. <laughs> I was like, I just stopped keeping track. <laughs> yeah. I just say zero. Months. Yeah. Just like zero. <laughs> yeah. I feel like 18 is about as high as I can count when it comes to that stuff. But Anyways, he's kind of at a fun stage right now because he's really learning a lot and like he sees like me and my wife like do things Mm -hmm. and he wants to copy those actions. So I get a text from my wife today with a video in it and she thought it would be fun um, tonight for dessert after dinner to make some homemade s'mores. We don't have like a fire pit or anything, you know. Mm We're not super rich. We don't have, you know, we don't have anything that rich people have, but she thought that it would be fun to put like a graham cracker, a piece of chocolate and like a marshmallow on like a baking pan mm-hmm. and just, she was just broiling it to get it to melt. And so my son, he, my son loves graham crackers. Um, and so she, he sees her put the graham crackers in the oven and he knows the oven's hot. He's not supposed to touch it, mm-hmm. but he also really likes graham crackers. And he's just yelling, cracker, cracker. Mm-hmm. And he goes into the drawer where we keep the oven mitts and pulled out the oven mitts and put them on his hand and was trying to open the oven. <laughs> Smart. Like crazy, just crazy to me because like, yeah. you know, it's only stuff that he's ever seen us do, but it's That's funny cool. that like he picks that up. And so, uh, yeah, we have a problem with my son now when he wants treats out of the oven, he knows to go he into the oven it. to pull things out, but he ended up handing the oven mitts to my wife and having her get it out luckily he didn't try but that's cool dude yeah it's a it's a fun age but it's it's very scary at the same time yeah for sure i i don't doubt it yeah yep well that's awesome dude um kids get uh, grow up so fast dude and everyone says that and it's so true and yeah enjoy enjoy your kid opening the oven because pretty soon he'll be able to start the car and yeah do crazy stuff. Have like you had that. anything like that happen where your kids like have tried to like start your car or anything? <laughs> they know where the keys are. They know what they do. They know where they go. And so they try to do that. So I'm curious. Do you have, I know that you have a newer minivan. Is it push yeah. to start? No. Okay. It's got like that plastic key where like the, key, oh. the thing that opens the doors yeah. like, fits into like a slot. Yeah. And then like if, if you're in an emergency, there's like a piece of a key that comes out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's like that. So basically... I mean, they've seen us do it a million times, so they yeah. know how it works. And that's that's all kids need to do is like see it a couple times, and then they try to oh, figure it out. Oh yeah, for sure. So like, so my parents actually had um, a car. A, they had a Dodge Journey, and this is like when these keys first came out, in like two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Dude, I thought that was the freaking future. I thought that was so cool. It never occurred to me that people would be doing like push to start. Yeah, you know, I was like, this little magnetic piece of plastic is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, and now like. There are cars with push to start and you can, I saw a commercial for a car. The new Ford Explorers can park themselves. They can, oh, that's so cool. like they can, uh, they do parallel parking themselves. You just push a button 
that says parallel park and you put your car in neutral and it automatically parks for you. You know, that dude, is crazy. That's to me. crazy, but it's also going to be bad for like young kids in the future because oh, for sure, who doesn't know how to park a parallel park a car? Yeah, I'll tell you who. Teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get worse. But, like, how many teenagers are getting, like, nice cars like that? You know, like. Right. Like that, probably not many. Right. Um, but I have seen some. When I go shoot Lone Peak. Oh, a yeah. Lot of those Lone Peak's have... one of the worst situations with that. <laughs> because have all these cars kids have, like, way nice cars. And, like, you're parking next to them. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to bang yeah. my door against theirs. You know, like you're parking next to, like, a $50,000 Land Rover or Range Rover. And you're just like, oh, my gosh. Like. Here's like my little like, <laughs> like, um, like coupe car that yeah. you know. <laughs> no, for sure. That I just ride all over town, and you know it's got yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we aspire to drive cars like Lone Peak kids. I know for sure. We are open up for adoptions if anyone <laughs> is looking for fully grown children. Yes. If anyone's looking to sponsor two grown ass men. <laughs> Oh man. Anyways. Well, maybe one day. Someday. One day we'll be able to drive Range Rovers, <laughs> yeah. Teslas, whatever. Oh, that'd be so sweet. Anyway, I think that's all we have <laughs> for this week's episode. We're going to keep it short. We're going to get home. Yep. Uh stay safe out there everyone. Mask up and uh thank you for listening. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Sports Beat After Hours. I am your host, Hemi Muli Jr. He is the other host, Zachary Hicken. Good night, everybody.